Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence Strong Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lima, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 183 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And before we jump right into this very special guest episode, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't done so yet, we would love for you to follow our show so that episodes can come in into your podcasting box automatically every Friday. If you're listening to it on either Apple Podcasts on Spotify, all you have to do is on the top of the right or left corner, click on the follow or the plus button, and that should subscribe you to our show. And if you haven't yet and you can leave us a quick review, we made it super easy for you. All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash review. The link is also going to be in the show notes and you can click on the link and go to your favorite podcast player and hopefully it can leave you there a five-star review on Spotify or a review in any other podcast player that you prefer. Now back to today's episode. So my special guest today is Shelly Goldstein and we talked about speaking more confidently. And what I love about this episode is if you are someone that feels like you would love to be more confident in your speaking, have more effective communication, either at home, in front of family members, at work, or in any other scenario that communication is a big part of how you convey your message, then this episode is full of golden nuggets for you. Shelly and I talk about how can you turn nervous energy into confidence, really harness that power if you feel a little discovered when you are in you know, situations that you need to communicate verbally effectively, as well as how to handle difficult situations, say with family or if you're going to an event like with a hostess in terms of accommodating, say, different dietary preferences. It's a question that I get so often that I wanted to ask an expert how she would handle that. I would say a very important topic we discussed is what about fear? How can we actually dissolve fear so you can put yourself out there more? And I, I love this concept or this topic because we're either a best kept secret, <laughs> if you are, say, a business or somebody, you know, hoping to put yourself out there more, but a little bit afraid And we are often not taking our spot in the spotlight. And that is something that I really wish for women that want to be seen more visible, but just feel a little bit afraid or uncomfortable. And Shelly talks a lot about different tips and strategies and things we can do if you really want to become more confident in how you speak. And of course, more comfortable putting yourself out there. So let me properly introduce you to Shelly. Shelly Goldstein is a keynote speaker and corporate trainer. With over 30 years of senior level management, entrepreneurship, marketing, and design expertise, Shelly trains global audiences how to powerfully command executive presence and master the art of effective speaking. She understands the demands of the evolving workplace 
with its increased emphasis on communication skills and leadership influence. It has helped hundreds of people in over 40 countries across a wide variety of industries develop the skills necessary to be empowering, remarkable speakers, and lead with more impact. Shell is a member of the National Speakers Association and a Golden Tier Facilitator for Google's I Am Remarkable Global Initiative. Here is Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Welcome to the show. I am very pleased to have you today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Juliana. I am really happy to be here. Yes, likewise. And when we first connected, I mentioned to you that you have such a beautiful energy to you. And I know we're in for a treat today. So let us get us started by you defining how do you see confidence? And I know that is such a big part of the work you do as well, which we're going to get into. But what is your definition of confidence to get us started? Well, that's one of the exciting reasons why why I'm excited to be here is to really dive into that word. It really is about presence. It's about to me, feeling comfortable with my purpose and who I am and wanting to just share that with others without an overburden, a heavy sales pitch, just sharing that feeling that I'm grounded, I believe in my purpose, and I really want to just share that energy with people. Yeah, that is beautiful. I love the presence Ingo that he brought in, which is actually one of the questions that I was hoping <laughs> to ask you in just a oh, moment good. here. Yes. Um, but coming back to that purpose, right? I think that is a really important piece of the whole picture. And I think when we are really grounded in that purpose, it's very much like you said, it almost comes out of our pores, right? It's just like self-expression. How do you see somebody that may not be super clear yet or their purpose is, how would somebody go find that to be able to tap into this type of confidence you're talking about? Well, as you mentioned at the beginning, this is a very, very big topic. And it's interesting because Hidden Brain, which is a wonderful podcast, and I just read a blog they posted today that talked about focus. And I thought this relates exactly to what we're talking about purpose. Science is showing that to maintain focus, if you have a little goal, if you have a set goal, you can accomplish, you can focus on something and accomplish that task. And that immediately connects with the confidence piece and the purpose piece because you can't figure out, I don't believe my whole purpose of my life and everything. Those are, you know, there's a different purpose for every conversation we have, everything we do, every event we attend, but maybe applying that same science to say, have a, have a goal. What's, what's, have a little purpose. What is the one thing I want to achieve with this call? Mm -hmm. What is the one thing I want to achieve with this client? What is the one thing I want to achieve with my business? Pick one little thing, one step, and maybe that focus comes into play and that purpose could be established. And from that, then the purpose, the conversation of purpose becomes bigger. How can I now add on to that? Yeah. That is such beautiful advice, Shelly, like honestly, because that is such a, a loader question, right? And for some people, it's almost so big that it's so overwhelming, but it's almost like have that intention in the moment and making every action very intentional. And in a way, that is a way to tap into presence as well. I think it all kind of beautifully connects. 
And I love what you just said. Just started a little purpose for the little moment and then, you know, let it grow from there. So that's awesome. And so that's, so coming back then, so somebody, you know, will tap into this type of confidence you're talking about when they have that presence and that purpose. How, so let's go with your presence a little bit and talk to me, you know, from the type of work you do, which we're going to get into a moment. Presence, I think, could be very important, especially when you're talking about, you know, speaking in front of audiences and commanding presence on the stage. So talk to me about presence in that context. When you are really clear about that one little purpose, what you want to bring to the conversation, to do that, you need to be really focused. Again, going back to that point. So that's where the presence comes in. And that's so important because it starts to build those positive hormones that make you feel good, the feel-good hormones. And it's actually really encouraging and inspiring. That is where I believe people could then present, speak. You cannot share an idea effectively if you don't really believe in it and understand it. Yeah. And to do that, you need to be present with that. That's the honest and the trust that we all look for. So finding that space to just say, I'm here now, there's nothing else. And I know it's hard to do because we have all these gadgets and prompts and things saying, hey, you got to answer this email and it's too much. So we have to really, or we can, we don't have to do anything, but we can mm -hmm. make that choice to say, I'm just going to try to do one little thing, turn off all my apps. And when you get present, you're not worried about that next email or that next phone call. You can really show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And public speaking in general is probably one of the, like, it's something that I've done for a long time in my life too. And personally love, really, really love is I think my medium of expression that I'm most comfortable with. And the podcast is a nice little kind of like yeah. parallel to that. But I know from experience with previous colleagues or even clients that it is one of the most feared activities for a lot of humans <laughs> that to speak in front of crowds on stages. And I know you did that you know, as your job. So how did you get into the stages and, you know, speaking? What was your story getting you to the spotlight? I was a fearful person. I still have fear getting on stage. I still get nervous. But it was this one specific instance. Years ago, I was doing a lot of marketing um, and there was a big conference. And I had you know, set the stage, so to speak, wrote the keynotes opening remarks. And right before the event started, the keynote uh, flight was delayed. And everybody said, well, Shelly, why don't you get out there and do it? Because you represent the mm -hmm. company. You know what? You wrote the thing. You know what to say. Well, <laughs> of course, I was really confident behind the scenes. But going out there, I experienced that same panic, that same nervousness. I can't tell you really what happened, but I do know that people came up to me. They were applauding. They were excited. Something happened that was positive versus other <laughs> experiences where I completely shut down. And I started that journey to say, what happened? How was I able to do that and overcome that or get past that? 
and make people experience the good that I had to share as opposed to them seeing that I was, you know, my knees were knocking together. <laughs> and that journey, understanding the science, the ideas behind it, and it's a belief. It really is a belief. I got more and more comfortable and loved, like you, love to be out there and sharing things with people and utilize that nervous energy in good ways. And, you know, I wanted to just share that with others, which led me to speaking and coaching. That is the coolest story, <laughs> honestly, how the perfection of it, right? Of how you're kind of like, had to try it and then shown it to yourself how naturally good you are at it. I'm not saying it doesn't take work and preparation, but, and I think that is actually what I observed in you and commented the first time that we had a visual Zoom interaction. And there's something about how you speak and just like, I think your energy that, I don't know, it's just like very welcoming and easy to listen to. And I think maybe the storytelling may be a natural talent of yours. And now, you know, just kind of you had this opportunity to realize right that how good you are at it and now you did that as a business which is beautiful hey there have you heard of my new book release a woman's guide to releasing weight in midlife through becoming your body's best friend if not go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book. So go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now back to the episode. Yeah, no, that is the coolest story, Shelly. Really exciting. Well, <laughs> that the flight was delayed and you had to, you know, get on stage. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you talk about storytelling being natural. Well, I think we all na are natural storytellers. We are. We we have our own life's experiences. Those are our stories. And when we're in a group with friends, we share it naturally. Yeah. Openly, with laughter, with sadness, whatever the case may be. So the next step would be it's there. It's natural for all of us. How can we build mm -hmm. the skill? How can we make it a skill for telling stories everywhere, making conversations everywhere, whether you're presenting on stage, whether you're in the workplace, interviewing for a new job, having a difficult conversation with a loved one or a neighbor yeah. about a problem, you know, the garbage cans, whatever the case may be. That really is a skill that can be built. Yeah, which is the perfect segue to where I wanted to take this conversation because a lot of our listeners are going to be having those tough conversations, maybe at work and definitely their families. And I'll put a little bit of a frame and a context so we can at least have like a specific angle to tackle this from. But let's just say for example, holiday season as we're recording this. So the episode is going to air into the new year. 
But let's just say conversations such as, you know, somebody is trying to release some weight and eating differently than their peers, family, colleagues, and they're trying to communicate that my current needs are different than yours and getting a little bit of pushback. How does somebody stand up for themselves, but with kindness and with certainty and confidence to be able to communicate difficult situations with family members? Like what were some tips or things that we can think about? It's such an important issue because it really brings up one idea for one person and another idea for another person. And we can't anticipate what other people feel or think. So there are many ways to approach that. One is be as honest as possible. Just, you know, this is where I'm at. I'm 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 happy about a new goal I'm working on. This is my purpose. This is my goal. Yes. And as everything looks so delicious here and is phenomenal, you know, and I want to taste all of it, please understand I could only have maybe two little bites or something, or I'm going to just try to keep to my goal. Or perhaps you'll say, I'll break it a little bit because I know you work so hard putting this together. So that's one way of acknowledging that person, but at the same yeah. time, honoring your goal. Yeah. The other thing is us on the other side of that conversation. And I just had literally a friend, a girlfriend just texted me the other day. I said, you know, we're going to have game night, right? We decided to have game night. And it's like, well, what do you want to have? I said, you know, I'm going to do a menu of little finger foods, a little brie tart and some little eggplant uh, bites and things of that nature. She said, oh, well, exactly this. I'm working on a new diet. I've been eating like crazy. I'm really watching my weight. I know it's the holidays, but, and then she had actually offered to bring, you know, sushi and a salad. And I said, you know what? You're going to be a guest at my house. How about if I make this fennel salad with a piece of broiled fish? And she was so excited. So my point being, I was able to listen to her and say, well, I could change things. Now, you might not be able to do that, but how can we accommodate each other and let us know that we hear each other to make the yeah. situation easier? Or I could have just accepted the sushi and salad. There's many ways to do it as long as we're willing to have that conversation and be open to it and not be personally offended. Yeah, absolutely. Or even almost like expect a response and therefore not even have the conversation and fear of how the other person would respond, right? I think giving people the benefit of the doubt and I usually recommend, and I do it for myself personally because I have different dietary issues for my own health journey. I usually communicate privately ahead of time, right? So that there's Great no surprises idea. on the moment of everybody's very clear. This is what it is. And at the same time, no judgment on both sides. So I think I've I've seen a lot of success with that. It's just almost like when you approach it with kindness and just this is my needs, right? Most people are willing to meet them, right? Uh, and I think like mm -hmm. you give some really nice ways to phrase it and frame it and acknowledging the other person for their efforts so they feel seen. And I think that's a beautiful, and I had beautiful experiences of how hosts have accommodated me that deeply Wonderful. touched my heart. It's like, wow, like they got out of their way to accommodate. And oh. those are, you know, always memories that I remember. There is a way that can be a win-win, right? Even if it's a difficult conversation. Oh, yeah. And and, it, and it, a fun thing to do also is when it comes to cocktails, 
get a cocktail glass and fill it with the same ice cubes and maybe a juice or something with a little yeah. seltzer water and kind of fake the drink, but always have a drink <laughs> in your hand of some sort. It does not yeah. have to be a, a, you know, a very, um, you know, calorie intense cocktail. It could be, you know, a little juice or something or a yeah. little fizzy water. And, and people know, oh, she's having a good time. She's at least sipping away. Exactly. Right. And those are beautiful nice tips because it just kind of gets everybody's comfortable now, right? And you yes. have your maybe cranberry yes. juice, no sugar. Absolutely. That's exactly. wonderful. <laughs> and coming back a little bit to something you're talking before that I do not want to forget to ask you. When it comes to like putting ourselves out there, so maybe some of our listeners that have to put themselves out there at work or even maybe for volunteer work and the nerves come on, like you mentioned when you're telling us your story, how do you help people take their nerves into like the energy of nervousness and fear into the confidence of public speaking? You know, this is something that I even tackle with to this day. I still sometimes get nervous when I'm going onto certain stages or presenting, even though I've been doing this for a while and coaching people, it's really interesting. Uh, so how do we, you know, how do we know, how do we deal with that knowing it may never go away? One thing I do is reframe. So if I think, oh my gosh, I'm really nervous about this interview today, you know, showing up on Juliana's podcast, I could mm -hmm. say, okay, you know, I'm excited about this podcast. I flip the narrative. I take that same energy, that high energy, and I say, I'm really excited. This is going to be exciting. Just by changing the words from I'm nervous to I'm excited, mm -hmm. still smile. You can't say excited without smiling. I don't know how to do that. But it presents a different energy. Okay, what's in store? So it's a little bit tricky, but that reframing definitely presents a different situation. Now you're not so afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. It kind of brings to memory something that my late thesis advisor when I did my master's in 2010, I was probably that was the one time I was petrified was to defend my thesis and, you know, closed room. But for the first half of it, before we got to the tough questions with the advisor board, uh, it was open to all the graduate students at the time. And I've never felt so scared. And like I said, like I love public speaking. So that was very out of character for me, I think, because the stakes are so high. <laughs> and what he said to me, that was because he was such a gentle, kind soul. And he said to me, you're only nervous because you care. So move uh -huh. it away from being you have to do well to do it for the other people. And that was such a, like a life changing moment for me because I like very much like you, I reframed it by shifting the focus out of I have to perform to I have something to share that can benefit other people. And that just, I, I'm not sure how, but it, it was just the antidote. <laughs> I need it to actually go out there and do my job, right? And just present what I worked on for two full years. So I wanted to add that in there as well as part of strategies for reframing our fears. Yes. And that's an excellent idea because basically you take the onus off yourself. Exactly right. And we... We, you know, we could write for other people. We always can help other people. Oh, you know, I, you know, I, it's really hard to sit down and identify, you know, how do I 
write a bio about myself. But if you ask a friend, they're going to say, oh, well, you do this, 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 and this. And you're doing the same thing by saying, yes, put the put the focus on the other people that you're presenting to or sharing things with. And it takes the pressure off. That's an excellent, excellent tip as well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I think too, like then it becomes about serving rather than looking good, right? So I think it, it goes more away from that very egocentric way of, oh, I need to do <laughs> well to other people will take whatever they need from what I have to share. And I don't have to, you know, control what that looks like. You know, that's kind of, I think, part of how I think as well. So I show up for the message, the work, very much like you said, like for the purpose, right? And it becomes a lot easier to share because then you can't do it wrong, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, but but what's wrong, right? It's your point of view and everybody has a different point of view or a different opinion about things. So we also could take that notion that it can be messy. We can make a mistake. Yeah. Perfection is not a reality. It's impossible. Yeah. And if we hold that as our goal or, or you know, focal point, we will fail badly, not fail in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And the other final thing I wanted to add in terms of this and see your take on it is the idea that confidence is relative, right? And I usually think of it, I talk about this in my book, using public speaking as an example, absolutely, totally coincidentally from my experiences, but it's relative to a point of reference, right? So if I'm speaking to maybe you know, third graders on a topic, I may be very comfortable and confident because mm -hmm. I perceive I have more, potentially more information on the topic than they do. But if I'm talking to, you know, I don't know, a board or, you know, CEOs and CFOs of companies, very much the executives that you work with, that's different because I may perceive they have more knowledge or information than I do, right? So confidence, I think, is relative in that way. Do you find that to be true with the group of people, the executives that you work with? Oh, absolutely. I hear this all the time from clients. You know, how do I present and show up if people know more than I do? You know, they have more degrees. They have a higher position. And I'll, I'll, I'll introduce the idea of, of at one point I was asked to coach a group of uh, Girl Scout leadership troop. Mm -hmm. Now they were 14, 15, 16 years old. I was more nervous for these young people than I was for executives. Now mm -hmm. for me, what triggered was that young people know truth. They know when you're <laughs> Love it. pulling their leg. And I said, oh my gosh. And I really felt that pressure when I went in to teach with them. I'm like, I better not, you know, make up. So they're going to know or think I'm a phony. It made me <laughs> more nervous, but it's the same idea. The truth is we can't know everything. We don't know everything. It's impossible. The most brilliant minds don't know everything. If we lean into what we do know, what we do have to offer, like I did with this Girl Scout leadership troop, and there were all kinds of people in that, you know, boys, girls, everybody. And it was, what can I offer them? What can I bring and share to them, with them? And once I said my little piece of knowledge is what I could share and offer them, everything kind of fell into place. That's why you're there. That's why the CEO is asking for your report because that's your report. 
That's all they're asking for. Maybe you bring in an idea, a solution, but they're relying on you because they don't know the nuances and the details of your position. They can't know everything. And once we release that idea and just share what we know and be honest about it, it takes some of the pressure off. And people appreciate it. They appreciate that you're being honest with them and they'll trust you more when actually you don't know something, yeah. which Adam Grant talks about. He just wrote a book about it. Then rather you make something up. Absolutely. I had a very specific experience with that when I was back in corporate. And mind you, in, I was working in the science world. So there's a mm. lot of black and white knowledge in there, right? You either know things or you don't. <laughs> and it was a very high stakes meeting in the veterinary college. And one of our um, sort of C-suite members of the company, he started the meeting with all these researchers and people with lots of accolades and degrees. And he said, and I would never forget, it was just, he said the tone of the meeting and he said, I'm here looking for opportunity to invest in X. I know nothing about Y. So please speak to me in a way that I can understand you. And it was such a productive meeting because it was framed in a way that they were not talking researcher level. They were talking business level with us. And it was, I was just so amazed by it. I think, wow, like I would never have thought about setting the tone like that, like acknowledging the knowledge discrepancy, the gap not as a weakness, but as a point of, if you want this to work, you have to meet me halfway and this is what I need from you. And it was just so well done the way we did it. I was really impressed. It's like, yeah, I experienced what he said and everybody respected him more because it was so honest and clear and transparent. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I know your audience is predominantly female and believe it or not, I work with a lot of male executives and entrepreneurs. And there's this, there's this belief that women have to work harder. Now <laughs> I'm there. I've, I've had <laughs> this, I have this idea, you know, we have to work harder. We're fighting in a man's world. And there's, there are many levels of this that are true. You know, the, in, um, the unequal pay scale, all kinds of things. However, what's interesting, and I want to bring to the table in, in, in relationship to this conversation is that the men felt so much pressure because they knew the women's expectation of them. They were supposed to be this greater, bigger thing that they couldn't compete with, or they were competing with. And they were terrified, hmm. terrified of walking into rooms. So imagine both or all kinds of people going into a room, realizing that we're all afraid of each other. And do we need to be afraid? We're all coming from the same place of yes. expectations. And when you break that down, we can have all these other conversations much easier and with greater empathy and understanding. But the truth is we can't anticipate what people think or know there's no way to do that. So just again, sit with what you do know and be honest about it. And people will really, as you shared, and as I've experienced, mm -hmm. they're receptive to it. Mm -hmm. I love to see the other side, like you said, that as female, we have a little bit of preconceptions, right? Of how the men feel in, in situations that seems to come easy for <laughs> some of them. And I always like to picture, um, let's just say, people that I admire both genders, all genders, 
as children. It's almost like, okay, one day they were this little vulnerable child with their own insecurities. And yes, they grew up to be this, you know, very impressive human being, but really having that almost like bring back that humanity and seeing the people for who they are, not for all the facades and accolades and things that we've built over time. And I find it, it helps me relate to people more and almost like see their humanity, if that makes sense to them more. And that for me takes down the the pressure. It almost like evens the the scales for me a little bit in terms of the comparison point of reference by just seeing people as another human being doing their best with their own fears that are different than mine, <laughs> but they're still present as well, right? And just kind of like putting everybody in a blender and then we have like um, a smoothie <laughs> together. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I have a one more sort of final question for you before you can tell us our listeners where we can find you. So I think the final question is more for somebody that is hoping, Shelly, to get more out there, you know, be seen or even they have their opinions, their voices that may be a little bit maybe counter to status quo uh, and they want to get more visibility and put themselves out there, but they're very scared about all, you know, getting canceled, internet trolls, all the stuff that is reality nowadays. What are some suggestions that you can make for somebody wanting to step up, even though they're a little afraid? One of the best things to do, or I should say, an easier thing to do out of all these things is when you're in the grocery store and you're online, you can look in the cart of the person next to you or the basket and ask them about an item they have, a, a sauce or a pasta and say, have you tried that before? Is that, is that good? What do you do with that? What do you make, what do you make with zucchinis? I've always wanted to know a recipe. A small thing like that or talking to a Lyft driver or if you're in a big city, a bus driver, just a random discussion with somebody on the street or a shopkeeper is such a small way to build that muscle of putting yourself out there. What's so interesting about that, people respond mostly with a big smile. They're grateful. They're grateful for the conversation. They're grateful for the question. And you just kind of change somebody's day in the most beautiful way. Yeah. That is low risk, right? Absolutely. That is actually amazing advice. And it's kind of like, it could feel a little bit scary at first, right? Especially if a person has never done that. But like you said, it's long hanging fruit. Everybody can do it. About like a month ago, I was a recipient to something like that, that I have these oh, really? very cool neon pink sneakers that I absolutely adore. <laughs> and they're as pink as a, like a pink highlighter. They're very extravagant. And I'm usually a lot more pastel, black and white. So that is just very, I don't know why I love them so much, but I do. And I was wearing them at the mall with my husband and this lady comes to me and very sheepishly and quiet asked me a question. I could actually not even hear her. So I asked her to repeat and she was inquiring when I got my sneakers, right? And I was so excited. I think I overshared. Like I gave her so many details <laughs> about where I got them. And, and she was like surprised of how I think I responded because I was so excited to share because I love them so much and I wanted her to have them too, you know? Uh, and it's funny because it was just so small, right? And she was almost like, I don't want to bother you type of fear of approaching a stranger. And Good I was her. just like so excited. <laughs> 
<laughs> to share. So yeah, yeah she kind of made my day over asking me a question. Isn't that interesting? That's exactly what you just, what you just said. Yeah. Yes. And then mm-hmm. you feel good, right? You're like, oh, so these sneakers are really cool. I'm glad I've invested in them. You know, yes. it's sort of like, a, it's, a, it's constantly giving, sharing. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that advice. I think that is such gold and so beautiful. And I think we live in such a society of, you know, electronic society of so much disconnect, right? That having those micro moments of human interaction on itself, I think have such a healing benefit to everybody involved. Just because somebody's in the mall doesn't mean they have somebody to talk to at home, right? And those little, you know, gestures, I think can go such a long way. Yeah, so it's a win-win <laughs> for sure. And to add on to your comment about, no, it is a win-win. And to add on to your your point about the internet, I know there's a lot of trolls and people could be very unkind, but making a comment in somebody's post is another way of stepping out and just saying something, oh, thank you for making this post. I really got a lot out of it. I learned this, this, and this, or thank you for sharing that really makes people feel good. Get into the conversations online. That's another low risk way to share an idea and to reach out and stand out with something. And yes, again, people may not be kind at some points, but for the most part, I really do believe people are kind at heart and they'd happy to hear, they'd be happy to hear from you. Absolutely. Both I do. Awesome I love stuff. hearing from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same. And it's just sometimes this small little gesture can truly mean so much for someone else. Right. And I think the exchanges becomes when you put love out there, love comes back and the thing becomes in such this beautiful way. And then you're practicing, you know, putting yourself and being seen. <laughs> so exactly. I think it's wonderful. And Shelly, tell our listeners that are resonating with everything you're saying and the tips and insights you've shared. If you want to learn more about your work, also tell us a little bit about how you actually help clients, all the good stuff. Oh, great. Well, I, have, you know, training sessions where I coach cohorts as well as one-on-one, usually teams or individuals with special projects or just the general idea of I want to be a more confident speaker, whatever it may be. And I have different ways of working with people on that, but it's a way to help you. It's sort of a way to help you identify your own awareness around confidence so that when you're out of the session, when I'm not working with you, you have the tools to make it happen and to really adapt a new skill. Mm -hmm. I also post a lot of um, videos on my YouTube channel and on my LinkedIn channel, always sharing tips and ideas and strategies on how to improve speaking in different areas. Yeah, that's wonderful. And now, and Jenna, tell us your website, and I'll also put the link below if somebody just wants to check it out. Um, maybe spell it out to us so that we know how to find you. Very good. The easiest way is to go to speakingresource.com. Speakingresource.com. That takes you right to my resources page on my website where there's downloads and how to's. And then from there, the contact page could take you to my YouTube channel, my Instagram, LinkedIn, all those good places where I also post things. Remarkable Speaking is also my website that's mm-hmm. easy to find me because sometimes people mess up my name spelling. So all those places bring <laughs> you to home. 
Excellent, excellent. And I'll make sure to put the clickable links below as well for those of you that just like to click a link and go from the podcast. Thank you so much, Shelly, for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was such a beautiful conversation and you have such great golden nuggets for everybody to take. And I hope that those that need help with the services that you have, check your resources page and get started on their journeys with you. Thank you, Juliana. I love hearing your stories and your Mm -hmm. tips as well. And this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.